Tuning in, angel of rapture, just whack you in your ephod. Bam! Holy! Head to toes. Lightning and thunder. Glory. you guys kumbaya on the mountaintop for a minute <laughs> Jesus praise the Lord Just look to your inner man and tell him it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 
getting hollowed out like a pumpkin on all hollows ween or something whatever man hey man <laughs> this glory tonight is ferocious I can feel the flutter 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 of the angel wings all over my forehead right now you've heard a high praise it's time for rapture praise in this place you know how as soon as you drive out the human being right underneath him is Christ in you and all literally all of his glory Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 the hope of the resurrection is the hope of God inside mindedness realizing the Lord Jesus is in you with all of the mountain of his kingdom and angels now that's true that's Luke 17 21 just part of the kingdoms in you it's not what it says the Bible says the entire kingdom of Yad Vavhe, Elohim and Seviat maker of heaven and earth and God of angel armies is in you so you got it right underneath your human spirit God requires every degree of growth from glory to glory a degree of pushing out the old man it's true as it is written I must decrease he must increase if you want a greater glory there'll be less of a glory of yourself beware that the light in you is not actually darkness what's the light that was in the Israel of God in his first coming so that they rejected entirely true light John chapter 1 true light has come into the world but they rejected it because it exposed that the light was in them was darkness it's exactly what the Bible says hallelujah we're diving right into the deep deep calling unto deep at the noise of Christ in you you know he's like a silver trumpet in your bowels amen of compassion to be loosed of any blockage in your spiritual stomach to rise up in the bright morning star in your hearts for what day to dawn what's the dawning of day second Peter 119 it is written when the morning star rises in your hearts your day will dawn right through your faces like Stephen with a glowing face how does day dawn day dawns by driving out the stuff in you that ain't day <laughs> the day star so that the arrow of noonday does not smite you under the shelter of his wings we find protection from the noonday arrow now we're going there Psalms 91 I don't need to look it up I got it written in my spirit soul and flesh it's a good one you might want to memorize that one Psalms 91 what does it say basically it says when you get into the glory strong enough Satan can't touch one hair on your head but you'll touch him trampling snakes and scorpions underfoot that's right trampling the enemies trying to trample you is the entire summary 
of Psalms 91. The things that try to trample you, crush you, destroy you, kill you, steal from you, harm your health, harm your peace, bring strife between your blessed relationships that are ordained by God so you're not in perfect harmony, one with another in the unity of the brethren in the army of God on the mountaintop, and all the junk the enemy does won't even touch you anymore as you get into the Almighty, as you get into the spirit of might, that superhuman energy that he so mightily enkindles and works within you. He's working within you. Oftentimes, we're covenanted very little with his might and his superhuman energy working within us. The covenant is in you. Christ is in you. The covenant is between the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I asked the Father what He wanted to do tonight. He says, I want to make the people aware of my Son inside them. Because <laughs> you can only ascend by the virginity of the Son of God in you. Clean hands and a pure heart. You cannot have purity apart from Jesus formed in you. That's just false holiness. False holiness is everywhere. Look at all the things I've done to guard and protect myself, a covenant with my eyes on the internet guard. But did you put a covenant with the eyes of your heart, with the guardian of your spirit, Jesus? Are you using external religion to protect yourself from the devil? It don't work, does it? It's grave clothes trying to protect you from the grave. That's why he called it blind, leading blind, and dead, burying dead. What's dead, burying dead? External forms of false holiness trying to protect yourself from the enemy. Trying to take care of yourself with the things of God with your own right hand and your own strong mind, which is the stronghold of the human being that's progressively renewed, transfigured by the renewing of the mind. Is it the removing of the mind? Yes. The whole Adamic mind has to be anathema out of your brain. A lot of people's strongholds are so severe in their brain, they can't even hear the gospel. They just tune out right away, distracted, have to go do some kind of thing, some fix for their flesh, some fix for their soul, emotional addiction, feeling addiction. Some people are addicted to different idols that are sucking them dry like Dracula. God wants to set you free into the perfected liberty of the great Ophanim's eyes that truly see. In a greater glory, in a greater elevation than ever before, and it's going to be fun. If you make it fun, people will desire to do it. Now, oftentimes, we set up this shield around us where it's like extremely severe and seems nearly impossible. Jesus Christ did that. Why? He dares not let a thief enter the things of the sacred temple. He won't let any of the precious pearls of great price and the gemstones of the revelations of the Father to be stolen from his rich treasury of glory, from his treasure house of wisdom within him. So he'd be a stumbling block to them, it is written. Jesus Christ, on purpose, was a stumbling block to the religious. It's written in the Word. 
He did that to protect the precious prophetic revelations that were beyond comprehension and value. As it is written, cast not your pearls before swine. When there's no swine, it's just wine and dine in the fine glory wine all the time until your faces sparkle and shine. What is a swine? It's the demon spirit trying to corrupt the Holy Spirit working in your spirit, soul, and flesh. And you can drive that out. And when you drive out the dead and become the living, now there's no pigs in the parlor. It's only just pearls of great price. And you're enthroned in the mother of pearl. The pearl is a representation of God the Father's throne in you. You got a chunk of dad's throne that's what you got when you first believe the word of god born again by hearing the gospel and you're saved by hearing what part of you heard what part of you woke up your spirit heard your spirit woke up i preach to awaken hearts it is written so what is it to awaken are you fully awake has your spirit conquered your whole soul Has your spiritual soul, your glorified soul, your restored soul, your healed and divine celestial soul driven out the curse of death from your flesh yet? That's where we're going. This is the generation predestined, foreordained to conquer death. Truth anyhow, death is actually an angel, so they just conquer an angel because they become angelic children of the resurrection the sons of God that cannot be killed, written in Luke chapter 20. Amen. And since they are the children of the resurrection, they cannot die, which means the angel, Abaddon and Apollyon in Greek, can't touch them. Samael in Hebrew can't touch them. Deaths and the angels of hell can't touch a person raised from the angels of hell because death is angelic now the angelic death works in your flesh through sin it is written so we know the parts where the word is working in us there's no sin where you have faith sin is driven out the sinner is driven out you practice spiritual sin you practice soulish sin you practice mental and moral sin and you practice carnality animal sin by living as mere beasts of the field in a homo sapien sapien body when god has given you the ability to go up and have angelic bodies it's written in the word now celestial bodies gemstone bodies believers rewards are what silver gold and gemstone bodies i think if the ephod was worn by the high priest full of gemstones in the Old Testament, it might represent having the literal gemstone rewards physically in us in the New Testament because it is the truth anyhow. I like the onyx stones. These onyx stones represent the government of the heavenlies over the earth. You got them. We're going up into the high places and we're going to take back what the devil stole from us and you know what it's going to be fun 
nothing else to do in your life. We've already been distracted by every other thing. Every wind of doctrine has already blown us around. That's why we're not blown around anymore. You know, that's what being a veteran of Joel's army is. Every distraction's already distracted you. You've already burnt out from doing every other thing under the sun. Vanity, 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 chasing after the wind. And now we're going after the source of the mighty rushing wind. We're going into the Father and we're going to learn the way. Your word is the way. It is written. Your word is truth. Your word is light. And your word illumines the path. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge who? The word. And he will direct your path. So what directs your path? old dead letter of whatever the flesh the religious spirit in the flesh wants to read in the Bible today just happened to turn to lamentations you know what I mean whatever I desire no 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 we need to be taught of God as it is written they shall all be taught of God and you have one teacher the Holy Ghost who is Christ Jesus his anointing is the Holy Ghost that is with us I saw the lamb having been slain with seven horns seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out where? To all the earth. Which means you have the fullness of deity in the earth by the seven spirits of God for about 2,000 years. The only reason why people think he comes and goes is because we come and go in submitting to him. We usually just get into our own thing and want God to bless it. Ooh. <laughs> we want to look Christian Oftentimes we want to feel Christian, but do we want to drive out every part of us that's not Christ and become real Christians? See, that's where you lose a lot of people. Fair-weather Christians, come on now, everywhere in the Laodicean church, the seventh church of Revelation. And you are in that Laodicean church, the seventh church of Revelation, to come into the church of the rapture of Revelation 4.1. The church that's not raptured even five times a day, which was the standard of the prophetic the last 40 years. Now we're learning to live a lifestyle of rapture, raptured and stay raptured all the time and don't go back into the dog vomit of descending into the lower things ever again. You can stay in the heavenlies. You don't have to come down. You, the better your maintenance in the heavenly realms, the greater your prophetic ministry of the great white eagle. He wants the eagles to minister from the high places. Just look at how a mother eagle drops worms into baby eagles' mouths, and everyone's a baby eagle compared to God. So that's our daily bread, the prophetic word. What causes the morning star to rise in our heart the bible tells you daily bread aka prophetic word what's prophetic about it it's directly from the source of god the father like thunder and lightning i could feel the cherubim of lightning so strongly in the pre-bar tonight it was like electrical fissures in my spirit going through my soul and my flesh it was wild man if you need an upgrade tonight You'll get as much as you're hungry for into your spiritual stomach, lay hands on your diaphragm, and receive cherubim lightning. These cherubim are like lightnings around the throne. Now the throne's in you. 
So when it comes forth, it comes forth in all the power of God the Father. It is written, the throne of the Father is now with men. We're bewitched, so we look for it on the outside like it's going to come from the outside. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here staring, a bit to the, staring up into the sky? This same Jesus will come in like manner, the same way he came, which means he's going to come through woman, birthed of woman. He's going to come through man, birthed of man. Men are saved by birthing the divine child from their spiritual stomach. Truth anyhow. I don't trust any man that's not pregnant and birthing Jesus consistent, consistently. Why? No sign of intimacy. No sign of yada, 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 which is love, love, love. Knowing him on the inside, it's all just iniquity unless we yada, 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 which is the Hebrew word to love him intimately on the inside to birth more glory, more heaven, more of the mountain, more realms and dimensions. More power, authority, dominion, and might. All the things that are God should be constantly birthed through our spirit, through intimacy, walking with the Father in the coolness of the day. Holiness is actual intimacy with the Father. That's what we really lost in the fall. We lost the holiness of the Father. And that's what we need back. And not just terrestrial holiness, although we need that first. First and foremost, you're tested in the natural to see how much you'll have in the spiritual. First in the natural, then in the spiritual, it is written. So you get a deposit, you steward it. If you're a good steward, Jesus Christ, every single parable is about management of the things God already gave you. And if you don't know he gave you anything, you're bewitched. Go into the word, you have the Bible, put it into your spirit. Every third world nation has access to the internet now, even in the jungles dirt floors and every single kid in mexico had cell phones i was down there for 20 years with my dad in mazatlan and we go into the poorest of the poor areas all the time and you'd be shocked even the dirt floor dwellers would have internet and cell phones so i'm telling you now everyone in the whole planet has access to the bible through the internet You've never had a time like this in the history of the world where you can literally have anything of knowledge, wisdom, revelation that you desire by one click on a tablet. Can you imagine the prophets of old and the power of their word going forth in their days? They would have been killed probably a hundred times faster. Truth in you. They probably would have decapitated them and murdered the prophets a hundred times faster because their word would have gone forth a hundred times quicker. Jesus Christ said, you are the offspring of those who murdered all the prophets. Now, we don't like to be those people, but every part of our human nature is that person. It's humanity that kills the prophets. Trozenia, which means until we anathema the human nature, which is the beast, the red dragon, the false prophet, all the spirituality that we add to our humanity is the false prophet, all the pride of knowledge, that we add to our humanity is the red dragon. All the beast is living in the flesh and not the spirit after we're born again, which is all mark of the beast, animal activity. Truth in you, every area that is not anathema of the animal, of the humanity, is currently in divination and witchcraft, and that's why there's still curses all over the place on the Christians. 
Now, Christians have areas where their spirit's not cursed, and no doubt some people are progressing in the renewing of their mind and going into some metamorphosis, getting baked in the light, coming out fried in the glory. That happens. There's been people getting fried in the glory since the beginning of time. Amen? Well, that's true. What's the goal of God for you tonight? Get fried out of your human brain in the glory. The Word of God, the Bible says, gives light. How much light until your brain feels physically baked? Are you that hungry and thirsty for light? God is light. In Him there's no darkness at all. I'm talking about true light. What's the difference between true light and false light? True light is the Word that comes from the crucified one that's full of Shekinah, resurrection glory. Amen? Jesus Christ was completely anathema so that we could be completely anathema with Him, therefore maranatha with Him. You cannot have Maranatha without anathema. 1 Corinthians 6, 16.22, Apostolic Doctrine of the Lamb. It is written, which means every area that the Shekinah of the resurrection is flowing in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body, and your spirit goes from glory to glory, and you still have a six-foot body, but now you got like 600 feet of Shekinah in your spirit, because against the growth of the spirit, there's no cap, which is no law, which it can't be stunted. So the key to transfiguration Shekinah the glory so strong, being so filled with life that you can't die like Enoch. So you can't die like Elijah. There's not even a wrinkle on your face at 120 like Moses on Mount Nebo. <laughs> and don't worry, if you're crucified with him, God won't kill you like he killed Moses. But if you don't think God kills people, you better read Revelation 2 and 3 or the book of Acts. They're dropping like flies. Laodicean Church of America, they don't teach that, do they? No, because when you're lukewarm, you don't want to hear about consequences of being lukewarm. You want to be coddled like an infant with a, blank, a blankie and a bottle. That's what you want. Not us. Now, I know there's a remnant in America that's totally on fire because you have to be because everything's a wet blanket around here trying to pacify you from being totally radically on fire in the cross and the resurrection and not settling for anything of any previous standard of any apostle or prophet or wise men of any previous generation. Just not going to happen. You're just going after the last curse to be swallowed up in victory, conquering the angel of death, and he's trying to kill you every day because he is the angel of death. He's trying to kill your favor. He's trying to kill your family, your friends, your relationships. He's trying to terminate and destroy everything God has given you or wants to give you. That's what the devil is. The devil is a thief that steals. Isn't that wild? Jesus Christ said, the thief comes only to steal. Well, you'd think you'd get that in the first description when he called him a thief. You know, is Jesus an idiot? What is he saying? Jesus is the wisest man that ever lived. He's not an idiot. So when he says something multiple times in the same sentence, you better pay attention. Verily, 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 I say unto thee. Amen? Or the thief comes only to steal. The main thing, even more than 
Killing and destroying is the thief stealing. It's a double nature of the devil. That's the main thing demons, evil spirits, and Satan and his angels always trying to do. The main thing they want from you is your heavenly promised land. Oh man. All the big doctrines of demons that I've faced in this ministry have been against people rising. And it's mostly to get them to settle. Psalms 82, complacent satisfaction. Therefore, the foundation stone of their resurrection life is out of order. Which means that shifting sand, it's an exact description of building your life on shaky waters, shaky sands, with no solid rock to stand. So we need to be rock solid in anti-compromise and Laodicean lukewarm spirit. Understand the arch enemy of this generation is lukewarmness. And every time you read about someone getting bored, lukewarm, doesn't understand the battle, doesn't comprehend the enemy, They've given a sword, but they don't know where to use it. Every single time, they go into immorality. Every single time. Look at David. Should have been warring on the front lines. Instead, he commits adultery and murder. It breaks all ten commandments. Right? Yep. Why? Because he got bored, and anytime you're not getting your mission and your orders, and you get bored, you go into idolatry, which is immorality. So what is anti-idolatry? Staying on fire in the front lines. The most on fire Christians are on the front lines of Joel's bar. Not all the time. Some come and go. It's true. Most are not consistently. Some will have seasons on the front lines. They might get rewarded for that. You know what I mean? God's very gracious. But not all the time. We need people that are ferocious like the Gadites, the lion-faced mighty champions of David, David's mighty men were called the Gadites. They had lion-like faces. They were the front lines warriors. Shama was one, which means the manifest presence of God. They would fight in lentil fields, fighting for truth when everyone had abandoned truth. Everyone had abandoned star truth, sun truth, moon truth, blood moon truth, great signs in the heavens truth, fourth day God saying it's good truth. And everyone in Christianity had abandoned solar truth or sun of righteousness rising truth or bright morning star truth or the deep things of God truths that are so powerful. But Shama and some of these champions, they would fight for truth and that's what it represents. Until the sword became one with their flesh and they couldn't do anything except fight constantly, subconsciously, because the Word was one with their spirit, soul, and flesh. That's what it's going to take to be a champion in these days, guys. There's no on or off switch. There's no morning devotional. It's just like whacked in the fire of God, super energized for the daily tasks at hand all the time. Take it into the marketplace. Take it into your own personal priesthood. Take it into the priesthood of your house and family. Take it everywhere you go since you're the temple and just be on fire everywhere and burn everything up. You know, I have found that the Pentecostals and the Charismatics usually have a burning point where they allow so much fire until it deals with their cap 
And you know, I've been kicked out of a church or two. I've been kicked out of pretty much every church in America. <laughs> you know, we're kind of infamous. And you know what? For righteousness and glory's sake, and it's something to be proud of. Because that's how John the Baptist was. That's how Jesus Christ was. That's how all the renegades of the book of Acts were. These are the men and women that turned the world of religion upside down. I see men of Athens or men of America, you are reverent to demons in every way. Now, that's pretty much the truth, isn't it? Reverent to the spirit of Babylon, reverent to all kinds of other stuff, you know. I like confronting the status quo of societal norms. Like, you know, you shouldn't say that thing or the other thing. That's why they squelched me on YouTube for 15 years. You know that? They can, they actually have censors that read the words on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. And if they hear certain trigger words, they don't promote your show or your channel. You know, we've been like on the side. I've been banned and blocked. I've had all kinds of things, status things put on my channels and I'm in the middle right now of a 30-day ban on Facebook for to, uh, equating the glory of God to Pablo Escobar. I thought that is a really weird thing from 2019. The demons had to go that far back just to accuse me of something. Isn't that crazy? Equating the glory of God to how much cocaine Pablo Escobar had. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the truth anyhow. And if you ain't in the glory like that, there's something wrong with you. Even Rick Joyner says, we should be fiending for the glory for Christ like a crackhead fiends for crack every day. You know, Rick Joyner's quoted that in every charismatic church in the world. But for some reason, when we say it, we get blocked. You know what I mean? What's the difference? I think we're going into some new territory and we're confronting some principalities ain't never been confronted before. Oh, that's true. We've risen to realms through the cross that are very high that deals with heavenly places. All the terrestrial beasts, beasts are lower ranking demons. Beasts of the field, birds of the air. All the celestial foul detestable birds are the highest ranking. That's what's written in Ephesians chapter 6. Principalities, powers, thrones, dominions. Where? In Cosmic second heaven places. Celestial places is what the Bible says. In planetary spheres. Angelic spheres. Ephesians 6. It is written that you would be a witness of the resurrection to principalities. Where? Paul told you. Angelic heavenly celestial cosmic planetary spheres. They're also in the sun. They're also in the moon. It's like the dominion over the earth on lockdown with gravity and we're kind of down here praying ground warfare old Pentecostal ground warfare I tell you what we can take our Pentecostalism to the mountaintop and have celestial warfare and make William Seymour proud real talk make William Seymour proud on the mountaintop you know we got a deposit he entrusted us with Pentecost he entrusted us with all the charismatic gifts, with prophecy, with knowledge, with power, with faith. Think about it. Think about Smith Wigglesworth. Think about William Seymour. 
Think about Catherine Kuhlman. Think about all the prophets, Bob Jones, and the previous generations of people that literally did everything they could to advance the kingdom. Let that inspire you to use your bodies to advance the kingdom however possible God's asking you to do it. It's true. And he's not going to ask you to do it within your own comfort zone. Oftentimes it's not within your own means. Amen. It's within his ability and not your own. When you are weak, he is strong. He's always stretching your face for more of him and less of you. Listen, if you get stretched out enough, the ability of yad heh vav inscribed in you becomes the same ability as the Father himself. That's what the manifesting mature we, O sons of God, are, and they're not going to be on earth. They're going to be over the earth. That's written in Revelation 5.10. They'll rule with me for a thousand years from the heavenly angelic sphere over the earth. If you're on earth, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. See, this is the time where the sands of time, sand which represents time, is burnt up and becomes glass. And you're enthroned over the earth like a sea of glass. These are like the days of Noah. Psalm says that the Lord was enthroned over the floods in the days of Noah. It is written. So the throne is over the floods. You are to be a throne of the floods of the fire of God over the earth. He wants to mix all of your Christianity with higher angelic stuff. Now the Bible tells you where the angels are. You need to ascend and gather to yourselves angel armies. Angels often will not come down to you. Okay, this is established 40-year-old Bob Jones doctrine. Welcome to Prophetics 101. Angels, you have guardian angels down here, so they're assigned to your technon form. But as you rise up into your weos, different form, shedding off your Adamic nature, shedding off your Eve nature, shedding off the old, the old passes away, the new constantly comes up within you. The fountain of the Lamb springing up in you with resurrection, Maranatha, life. Amen. You ascend as lightnings and the power of the glory of the great I am is in you and you can rise by trusting that word you will feel it your ears will even pop as you go from glory to glory physically you feel like I'm in the same elevation but physically you're not because you're flying around space at almost 200,000 miles an hour right now but your brain is so programmed by gravity you're not even aware that you're physically flying right now almost 200,000 miles an hour you know that? Every single one of you are flying 200. That's what's so wrong with you. That's why you're so high. Amen. You are flying like Superman, but you're locked down to the earth. Listen, your spirit gets set free in the gospel first. So your spirit starts to feel like it's flying 200,000 miles an hour. Why? Because it is. We need spiritual science and religion anathema. So that you actually feel what's going on in this sphere. This sphere in Hebrew, listen, they didn't speak English. That's a revelation to some Americans. They're like King James Version only, you know? No. Hebrew, the earth was not called earth. You know what earth was called in Hebrew? In its original word that created the planet you're walking on right now? Malkut. 
Let me just introduce you to the Hebrew word that created the planet that you live on. God didn't say English. God spoke ancient Hebrew. He didn't speak modern Hebrew. If Moses were to walk the earth today, he would not even be able to read or speak any of the Hebrew spoken in Israel. It's a completely man-made language. You know that? Truth in yeah. Ancient Hebrew, whoo! That's the exact word the creator, Jesus Christ, the word created the heavens and earth. That's the same word Jesus audibly spoke and the heavens and the earth appeared. <laughs> it's true now. It's powerful. And so we are in Hebrew school, somewhat. And Christ is our teacher, so you don't need to get weird going over on missions trips just to snort some dust out of Jesus's tomb and thinking you're more spiritual because you're in natural Israel that ain't gonna do nothing for you I mean when you're spiritual and you go over there I mean you might do something for you if you're called and that's part of your daily bread it's gonna do a lot for you and I really want to go to Jerusalem so I'm just telling you all in God's timing remember the angels that appeared before their timing lost their posts in heaven. When Adam and Eve tapped into the things the devil was tempting them with in heaven, they fell because they went prematurely. You got to be in God's timing. You know, that's why it says if you're just a baby in Christ and you get into solid meat, you try to read Enoch when you're two weeks old in Christ, I mean, it might kill you. You might just give up, be like, forget this, man. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And you read Enoch, it is. It should be the craziest thing. It's like the same wisdom of the archangels Gabriel, Uriel, Raphael, and Michael. These eternal, ancient, smartest beings in heaven. So I'm telling you now, it's a little bit different intelligence when you get into that really strong archangel meat. And you know it's archangel meat because it says so in Enoch. Okay? So, Enoch was considered canonized scripture for the first 500 years. You'd have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the epistles. You'd have Revelation. And then, guess what? Right afterward, you'd have Enoch in the New Testament. Enoch was canonized New Testament scripture for the first 25% of Christianity until the Pope took it, took it out, changed the language to Latin, and separated clergy from laity, and forbid laity to read the Bible for almost a thousand years. And if you were caught with a Bible, they'd burn you at the stake. Now, I don't know if you're going to trust that guy. Right? That's the Pope in 500. They took all the most powerful stuff they got rid of. And Western Christianity has been so under attack by the devil, it's mind-boggling. In fact, most of the books that mention the most powerful celestial promises and the wisdom of the archangels, the Roman Catholic Church banned them from Christianity. And the Protestant Church even got even more severe, and it wouldn't even be in the New Testament. Now, we have Protestant pride, but a lot of Protestant stuff is just crap and religion, and it needs to burn off of us too. In some ways, in many ways, we need to go back into some of the Catholic mysticism. It's true. Like Jeanne Guyana of France, like Teresa of Avila of France, some of these French Catholics were the greatest mystics of the last 2,000 years of Christianity. 
Jian Guyan is considered the greatest Christian teacher of all time. Do you know that she was the sole inspiration for God inside mindedness of E.W. Kenyon, who pioneered God inside mindedness a hundred years ago in all of his books? E.W. Kenyon was a student of Jian Guyan in the 1600s. She is the origin of the expansion of all God inside minded Christian teaching in the entire world. Seriously considered by many Christians the greatest teacher of all time. So I highly recommend G.N. Guyan. Amen. Because you start reading that stuff, it's like you can't be bewitched. It confronts the Laodicean spirit. It confronts the worldliness. It's like you have to be intimate with Jesus to be a Christian on the inside and you have to be growing as a spirit being through walking with him and obeying the master in actual accountability with Christ in you. Like the human blindness is no longer an excuse if you get around real teachers because they're going to connect you to the new covenant and solder you and weld you to the throne of God and hold up your ears right to the silver trumpet and the shout of the archangel and you're going to be listening and be like, No! I can't hear anymore. That's what they said in the sand. They stopped up their ears with vipers, it is written. So they heard not the thunder of God from the mountain because they thought they were going to die. You know, that's the death you need to die. By the sword of his mouth that kills the stuff that doesn't want to hear the truth. That doesn't want to hear a more fiery, passionate word that's going to cost you some of your idols. It's going to cost you some of your lukewarmness. It's going to cost you some of your lust. The reason why we dumb down the word, and we all do it, until we're equally as fiery as Jesus Christ, living in throne room fire, exuding from our bones, in the conquer of Abaddon and Apollyon under our feet physically. And you'd be standing like the archangels in the angelic sphere over the earth. Now listen, we say, I'm going to need a scripture for that. All the scriptures for that to build you up into the high place, to restore what you lost in the curse of the fall, to get you back into the garden of Eden, the garden of righteousness, to form a garden in you that desires the father's garden and you realize you got to keep going up from glory to glory and it costs you all the opinions of the human being all the interpretation of scripture hey the higher you rise from the dead the more you'll interpret scripture like the apostles of the lamb you'll find everyone in heavenly jerusalem really has a unity of interpretation of the holy bible there's no division there's no strife why because as you rise, all the human interpretation, all individual forbidden interpretation of selfish religion of God's word just burns out of you. And you go from glory to glory in understanding the word through experience as you're being raised from the dead while in the body. Philippians 3.11 The Holy Ghost raises you up spiritually and morally the word morally there is soul so the spirit and the soul get resurrected while in the body thing is we like to do body we like to put the christian stuff on our body 
said that we look like the serpent in the garden. Look at the fruit. It's good in appearance only. Right? Ain't that how it is when you're carnally Christian? And don't sit there and think, I'm not carnally Christian. Everyone is to a measure. If anyone says they're not carnal Christians, they make God to be a liar. Because there's carnality burning out of all Christians in the whole planet together. Amen. Like it says in The Hobbit, if we die on this mountain, we all burn together. Truth in you. And the fire-breathing dragon that's not Satan, but seraphim. Listen, man. There are seraphim. word seraphim is the same word seraph or dragon or serpent in Hebrew. Now, one-third of them fell, so you're right that some of that's the devil. But two-third is not. Two-third are still holy cinnamon fire snakes that burn your eye sockets out of your head in the holiness of God. The seraphim are the highest ranking angels in heaven, guys. You get into the seraphim, whoo! Holiness starts to burn out of you so strong, it's like your brain becomes a cinnamon stick on fire. The sacred anointing oil of Samuel's horn of oil was so filled with cinnamon and spices that it was poured on David's head, it would have felt like he was being burned alive. Now, we like that. I like that. <laughs> you know, I like to get drunk on seraphim fire. I like to get drunk on seraphim wine, where I like to feel my brain cells snap, crackle, and pop. Why? Because I hated my entire human nature completely at age 18. It was as dark as dark gets physically, mentally, morally, and spiritually. I couldn't even see in color anymore. True story. So when I got translated out of darkness into light at Minnesota Teen Challenge, October 15th, 1999, I was straight up raptured. It felt like liquid lightning surging through me for two hours. Then I heard the audible voice of God saying, I will get you more high than all the drug addicts and I'll make them jealous of how high I get you. I magnify my ministry to make the Jews jealous of what? How much Shekinah you have when you walk with the God of thunder and lightning. Right? Seven thunders, sons of thunder, seven lightnings, sons of lightning. Are you a son of thunder? You are if you walk with the Father. You love the thunder, you love the lightning. What's the lightning form? The lightning form is the electrocution of the higher strongholds of the brain. Some of these only come out with lightning, y'all. Some of the strongholds of your DNA are so ingrained in your flesh from 10 generations because it's DNA, it's genetics, that unless you're struck by the seven lightnings, you'll never even hear the seven thunders because you're all bottled up in there. Now, when you're struck, an angelic form formed in your spirit and you're at attention and you can hear and you can see, you can drink, you can be with the angels in heaven. God is not holding back anything from you. Oftentimes, we're just holding back our bodies and our brains and our opinions and mostly our secret lusts from being electrocuted on an altar so we can never have any of those forms of pleasure again and we're just not so sure that God's better than the little secret pleasures you have when no one's looking. I know. Truth anyhow. Pleasures of covetousness. That's what the Bible says. Pleasures of adultery. Pleasures of other gods. They say there's no pleasures there. You're a liar. Religious, religious people are the biggest liars in the world. 
They find pleasure in religion. They enjoyed murdering the prophets. It was pleasurable for them. That's why they do it, guys. It get, it's a demonic rush into your flesh when you attack the voice and the mouth of the garden of God. So they, the Bible says they murdered all the prophets. Well, if these were idolatrous, evil, serpent-minded people, anti-Christ religious spirits, why would they do it unless there's pleasure in it? You see what I'm saying? Satan offers demonic pleasure. God offers angelic ecstasy, it's called in the Bible. He offers rapture. Satan gives you temporary fixes. Oftentimes they come in the guise of rewards and blessings. That's why you want to test every reward and every blessing. You want to test every spirit. For many spirits are not God at all. You know one third are not in the terrestrial. One third are not in the celestial. So you're at war against one third in the celestial called birds. One third in the terrestrial called beasts. If you read Revelation, that's what it says. Now, the Bible says something interesting. That the human Christianity has become the house of all the beasts and the birds. That's what it says. That's the literal description of John on Patmos. That if your human spirit, your human soul, and your human flesh is in the external forms of the New Testament, New Covenant, even the gifts, remember? Iniquity. Without the intimacy of walking with Him and obedience to Him in spirit and in truth. Which means in your spirit, you must be walking with Christ. If your spirit's not in it, you're a fake, phony fraud set up for destruction. Make sure your spirit is walking with the spirit of Jesus today so you're not deceived in every aspect of your false Christian lives. We got to tell you the truth because I'm accountable on judgment day because he's revealed these things to me. <laughs> and if I didn't tell you the truth, it'd be on my head. I would suffer tremendous loss by holding back the exposure of the devil. Now, I would not have you be unawares of the wiles, the schemes, the plans, the activities of Satan, his angels, and his demons, and his evil spirits. Oftentimes, our ignorance is how the enemy creeps in through our senses. Satan can only get you through senses and reasoning. You know that? So it's your human reasoning that comes into covenant with some lie. And we say, oh, it's just a little lie. Listen, man, a little lie is what caused them to fall. You read about it and it's, it's made fun of by every culture on the planet. We lost heaven from eating an apple. We still think it's a joke. Some of you think it's a joke. Just a little tiny disobedience. Just something so insignificant. I can't follow God because... If God's going to just kick you out of heaven from just one little disobedient, stupid thing from eating an apple from a tree, well, I mean, what kind of God is that? And then we make up all these different things. It is the most minor thing in your life that will cause you to have the greatest falls. It's true. We're like such a mess, we're cleaning up the big things, like... Half of Christians today are not even rock solid. If they were to die today, they go to heaven. They bar barely any God inside mindedness. I don't even know what God's will is. I don't even know what my destiny is yet. I mean, Christians are often just as lost in Christianity as worldly people. In fact, I found more worldly people know what they want to do with their life 
than Christian people. Why is that? Well, it's a lack of sacrifice to human spirit. And other than that, it's a lack of the cross in their soul because when you anathema the human being, the only thing left is what the living creature can do of Christ in you. And Christ will come up, you'll have inspiration, you have an unction from the Holy One and know all things. The unction comes in your belly. Your spirit man begins to communicate to your lost soul, like, wake up, buddy. You're leading me astray. Stop sinning. Stop lying. Stop exaggerating. Stop lusting. Stop being religious. Get the pride out. Humble yourself. Get into the Word. Your spirit man is your conscience convicting your soul, your mind, will, and emotions to clean up your act. Truth anyhow. And the more your soul obeys your spirit and cleans it up, the more your spirit rises in your soul and the greater the divine ability always is. The issue is we often sear our conscience. I'm done listening to that thing. I want the pleasures of flesh, the pleasures of covetousness, just a couple other gods here and there. They're invisible, so it's not like this big external thing that people can actually see. I'll just do them secretly in my heart. Jesus Christ said, if you lusted in your heart, you committed adultery. If you've hated in your heart, you've murdered your neighbor. So find me an American right now that's not a murderer or an adulterer. According to Matthew 5. Find me one. Guys, they don't exist. The gospel lumps everyone together as murderers and adulterers and oftentimes our religious spirit is in denial. I ain't that bad. Well, you're just deceived that bad. Now, you need Jesus that desperately because even if there's anything remotely off in your thought life, it's the same because your spirit man is participating with it in the invisible world. You understand that? Which means your spirit man is attaching to those entities in the invisible world. That's what Horror Babylon is. Doesn't mean you're selling your body down on Lake Street in Chicago for $20 for a rock of crack cocaine. What it means is your invisible person is still interacting in intimacy with evil spirits. Hello? Oh yeah, getting personal now. Truth anyhow. God wants to circumcise our hearts first so our hearts are only in union and intimacy with Him. Oh, first love. And guess what? That's how the virginity of the glory and the power of the resurrection gets stronger and stronger in you. You got to be real in your spirit. Other people think you're doing bad when you get real in your spirit. You notice that? That's what the Bible says. They'll say you're doing bad because they look at the outside man when you're actually doing the best you've ever done because you're obedient in your inside man. God sees the heart, the inside man. He's discipling the heart, fathering of spirits. Not one mention of father of flesh, but father of spirit. And if the spirit gets fathered through the soul and the flesh, it rules over the flesh and you overcome death by a spirit. Truth in the hell. The issue is who will have their spirit fathered higher than they're comfortable with. We come to a place in God where we're like, I'm not getting fathered anymore. I'm the father now, don't we? You know when we do that, we're no longer the children of God. We're the children of the devil. You're always children in God's book. It's true. You're the children of God. I don't care if you're 400 freaking years old. You're a baby to the ancient of days. Right? You know, Enoch's in the flesh and he's about... 5,500 years old. 
He's a little baby. He's a little baby Yahweh. Truth in here. 5,000 years old is like an infant for God. Do you realize that? Ancient of days, your heavenly father, you're always going to be kids. Just get over it and start acting like good children. The Holy Ghost is more childlike than all the children of the earth combined without the stealing and the robbing and fighting over of toys because all the sin nature is driven out as your inner child, your spirit man is fathered by God. Why is the inner man a child? Because the father is called in the Bible the father of spirits. The issue is, I've been doing this a long time, y'all. Most people don't want their spirit father. He <laughs> said, give me something for my flesh. That's why I do very little personal ministry. I prepare a feast for you so you can get your spirit stronger. That's how you do it. You prepare a feast. The mature ones, the Bible tells you, they're going to prepare a feast. The friends of the bridegroom, we are the ones who prepare the feast. And now it's on your heads how much you eat into your spirit and how big you get spiritually. The table's open for dread champions, for David's Gadites, for mighty men. He wants all of you to be apostolic. This isn't just an exclusive apostolic cult. The Bible says he wants all of his people to be prophets in the Old Testament. Well, what do you think becoming celestial is? It's all of his people becoming apostolic. I know the 144,000 are all apostles of the Lamb because they got in through the names of the pearls of the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, which means they're totally apostolic which means you're sanctified by the word of truth so thoroughly in spirit, soul, and flesh. So anyone boasting about being an apostle around here, I don't doubt any of it. What I do doubt is if you understand the sanctification necessary of the God-inside-mindedness to form Yahweh himself on the inside in angel form in the cosmic heavenly sphere to be actually a real apostle. I do doubt that because I know that hasn't happened yet. It will happen. But oftentimes we assess ourselves more mature than we really are. Sometimes people are in a self-pity spirit or a condemnation spirit and they assess themselves too lowly than they really are. Both are madness. We need accuracy. How do we have accuracy at the elevation? The Bible says, despise not the days of small beginnings or your child in Christ. Your child nature, your infancy in Christ is to be precious to the Lord. Can you imagine the father just looking over Jesus in the manger? I mean, that's how he looks over you when you're an infant in Christ. You know that? It's true. Father's awesome. The issue is sometimes we're 30 years old and we're still in the manger and God doesn't think it's cute anymore. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm just going to drop a fireball on that now and burn up all the animals. I'm done looking at a baby form. You should be like apostles Jesus Christ age 30 by now. He expects maturity. He's a stingy businessman, Jesus said one place. I like that nature about him. That I reap where I have not sown. I expect maturity. I expect an increase on the deposit I put in your spirit. That's who the father is. He's a shrewd businessman. Shrewd businessman, Father God. Ministries Worldwide International Link. Truth anyhow. What's the shrewdness? I expect increase on the seed, on the investment that I've put in your life. Even if it's money, more. Even if it's wisdom, more. Even if it's generosity, more. Even if it's kindness and encouragement, more. Even if it's singing and playing instruments, more. 
even if it's building more you know one of the first mentions of wisdom in the whole bible is in the goldsmiths of moses it actually says the goldsmiths the workers of their hands and there's construction workers and hard workers around here understand in the bible the first mention of wisdom in scripture was the workers of their hands filled with great wisdom to build the articles of the ark <laughs> goldsmiths moses's goldsmiths they still to this day cannot reproduce by hand or understand how to do it that's wisdom angelic ability had possessed these men to build the ark of the covenant to build the lampstand they can't build that menorah it's impossible at our current skill today four thousand years later for men and women to reproduce they can use machines and technology and have robots do it but they can't do it by hand like they did it originally because it was done by angels these men were filled with the angel of wisdom on the inside of their bodies you know what it is to be demon possessed what happens with your zion possessed my first videos in 2008 when i started broadcasting i had a little 20 dollar canon camera i don't even know how i got this piece of junk worst microphone you could ever imagine but it was so bad the lens would just pick up all kinds of stuff in the spirit world you could see the orbs of light the literal physical angels coming out every single video out of my mouth every time you speak god's word you're doing that all the time you know that and sometimes the technology now because it captures light and energy and electricity it's just higher energy higher electricity higher vibrations higher numerical equations god's a mathematician mathematician book of numbers all this stuff can be captured yeah all the time and it's like we want to see it we want to see it so we can believe it believe it believe it blessed are you who have believed and have not seen because you can only grow through invisibility once you see you're locked in that measure of reward for eternity that's why god doesn't do any of that that we asked for <laughs> truth in you you can only grow in this life invisibility through invisibility in god and the measure you grow in the invisible is your current measure of rewards it's called faith so our faith is not perfect yet when it's perfect in the mark of the high calling and we're the exact outrain brilliance of the light being what's hebrews 1 3 amplified classic when you hit that mark then you're invisible why because you just can't grow anymore now it's just like sons of lightning coming down like raiden from mortal combat Woohoo! finish him and you will do that there's a building up a resurrection and he who ascended will also descend you will see angels ascending and descending upon malkut new earth so as you go up you'll also come down you're coming down as you go up is you're ruling and reigning and it's already raining if you haven't noticed spring has already sprung it's springing out it's springing up in you tonight amen and as you go up you rain down but if you look down you start to slip because you're distracted if you keep looking up keeping your eyes fixed on jesus you get your faith perfected perfect faith is all the ability of god the father 
effortlessly, constantly. First and foremost, it has to be done in your invisible spirit. So your spirit start coming out and surprising your own brain. Right? If your spirit's not surprising your brain, you're malnourished on the Bible. If your spirit is not renewing your mind, whoo, you need to ask Jesus into your heart again. Bob Jones said, get born again, again. I mean, you get born again, again. People get so zealous, they go to the first 40 altar calls after the born again just to make really sure they're saved. Fanatics everywhere around here. That's good. You want to make sure you're really, really saved. Now make sure you're really, really, really renewed in your mind. Make sure that your spirit is constantly shocking your brain. If you're not shocking your senses and your reasoning, you're lukewarm. Truth in you. We need to live for the daily shock and awe of God. Living in the awe of God is living brain shocked by something you didn't know yesterday. If you're eating your daily bread and doing your daily mission that's in the bread that's feeding your spirit, your spirit will shock your brain and what God wants you to do today. What does God want you to do today? He's like, give me exact details. No! God wants you to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. He wants you to rise on the mountain. He wants you to bring increase in the stuff you already have. Be a good manager. Be a steward of the deposit of what Jesus has put in you. And if he hasn't put anything in you and you're just totally cursed, you know, get into your spirit and talk to Jesus and deal with the Holy Ghost in your spirit. A lot of you just straight up need exorcisms. I love exorcisms. Jesus Christ does too. Don't be ashamed of watching pigs in the parlor every single day and getting puke bags around your couch until you throw all the junk out. Ancestral curses, whatever curses, lust demons, pride demons, all the groupings of demons. Get them out. Loose, loose, loose. Some will come out. You'll say, what is your name? Baker's Dozen, for we are 13. <laughs> Not funny. That's pretty serious for me because there's a demon in there right now. <laughs> Loose! Sometimes you just got to shout at your own spirit. Loose me in Jesus' name. You got a mouth. You can shout to the Lord. You know, a lot of times people don't have a voice because they've never used it against the enemy. The enemy still has your voice. You got to get your voice back. That's something you need to conquer. And get your voice. To be timid with the demon is to be under bondage. Straight up truth. To be timid with sin is to be sinner and to practice sin. You have to be totally violent with sin and demons. Jesus was. Anyone that doesn't walk with Jesus doesn't know Jesus, First John says. Which anyone that's not violent with sin and demons don't know the Lord. Just straight up lost Christians everywhere. Lukewarm, false brethren everywhere. There's still love. That's not the issue. But you got to call them out. Because you got to get them angry at sin and demons because we're at war against sin and demons. And if you're not at war, you're sleeping and you're losing. You just got to shake them up. Get them angry. Get them frustrated. Get them offended. Jesus Christ said, I have come to be an offense. I'm the rock of offense, it is written. I'm the mountain of offense, it is written. Mount Zion, the offender of all offense. Truth, anyhow, offending what? The human bejesus out of you. 
until there's no humanity in you to be offended by nothing because the whole mountain of fire is burning in your spirit, soul, and flesh. Amen! And then now you're just releasing swarms of bees from the honeycomb because the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered your body. And now instead of being possessed with sin and demons and religion and smut, you're possessed with the kingdom of heaven and you look like it. You're a scary dude! It's time for y'all to get scary! Amen! We think the hell's angels are scary or the Jewish mafia or the deep state of the Rothschild Rockefeller, of the Scottish Rite Luciferians in Manhattan, New York City, or the city of London in London. I mean, we think that's... I don't think that's so scary. Half this country don't think it's scary. What we need to get scary on is Jesus. So that lightnings just start shooting out of us. Because then, when you stand up full of God at that level, with cherubim and seraphim and ophanim and the mountain of the Lord, and you're shouting on top of the mountain like Elijah on Carmel, everything around him died and got burned. You know that? Read the story of Elijah, Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, you can have it every day if you come up the mountain and stay there and don't slide down for people pleasing respectability to make an extra buck compromising morals settling for the spirit of babylon tempted all the time in every direction in this this world right now and you don't settle doesn't mean you don't prosper it just means you don't sin you don't exaggerate you don't lie doesn't mean that you brown knows the irs that's a, a mafia organization there doesn't mean that you brown nose the government. I mean, that's the most corrupt organization on the planet run by the most wicked people in the universe. So give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, which is hell and death in the lake of fire. Give to Jesus what belongs to Jesus, which is everything. King of kings and Lord of lords of all nations, tribes, and tongue around his throne. Revelation 7. Who is this great multitude? The ones that have been cleansed from satanic government, satanic financial systems, satanic Christianity, the satanic false prophet, the satanic everything just completely anathema by people that got super angry at sin and demons and just irritated everyone but then saved the world simultaneously. Why does everyone get irritated by people truly on fire for Jesus Christ? because they're driving out the human nature that they have made a contract with in the world. Unbelief is faith in the human being. And if you believe that all you have is a human nature, then all you can do is the stuff in the realm of the natural to bless the human being. That's why they're offended by everything, because that's what most people have. That's all they have, because they don't have faith. They don't have a new creature awareness. They're not even aware of the abilities of their new spirit man in Christ Jesus. They're out here just like meatballs rolling stones on sands and winds and all kinds of things externally influencing the senses of the stones of your brains and your skulls with serpents crawling through them in every direction in Babylon the Great. And the only place that you start to burn that stuff out is on the holy mountain. Come up the holy mountain and have all the snakes, which are lies, burnt out of your hearts and skulls. 
ministry is worldwide international. Amen. Because you know what's going to happen? Your skull is going to start to blaze in Shekinah. Your brain cells will begin to fire correctly with lightning between the hemispheres. The river of life is going to rise in your middle, in your center. And you're going to have wisdom in the menorah of the seven spirits of God to discern and judge all things accurately with the wisdom of God the Father and the wisdom of the ages. So you're not ignorant of anything Satan's trying to do through your human nature. If you anathema your human nature, you'll be aware of all the works of the devil automatically. Because the dust that the demons were given in the garden story is human nature. If you don't have one, by the cross, driving it out of your spirit, soul, and flesh, you get to see clearly with angel eyes that flash with fire, real eyes have that really sees all the works of the enemy all the time. And you have a different perspective on everything. Everyone go the wide path to destruction and be like, I don't think so. I'm not joining the practicing homosexuals in Asbury leading the worship revival down there, active homosexuals in the whole revival, which has come out now. I'm not joining that. The, it was way off from the beginning. And the Lord's like, nope, iniquity, kumbaya. They're celebrating no leaders, no offerings, no sacrifices. It's just divinity poured on humanity. Later on, measles outbreak. Now they're exposed as the worship leaders were active, practicing homosexual sodomites have been leading the Kentucky revival. Trozenia. And every other ministry is like, yay, another revival. Not us. I will not go down this mountain because I know it's a lesser manifestation than even Lakeland when Bob Jones said on the stage, this is the last Pentecostal revival. The next one is the marriage supper of the Lamb that's based on maturity and not just kumbaya. Okay? So since we have the leadership of the prophets and we actually obey them and bear their fruit, we don't get deceived down in the sand. Like people just going after every wind and thing that spirits doing, blowing here, blowing there. Listen, man, everything that comes off the mountain is going to look like fire in the coming days. What happens if 50 carat gemstones are just launched out in the sand? Would you run off the mountain to go gather gemstones and go to hell? Signs and wonders, lying signs and wonders will come in the future to deceive and tempt everyone on the mountain from getting off of it. Truth anyhow. What? I mean, they'll say you'll have recreated body parts. Okay? The Shekinah will be so strong off the holy mountain, there'll be false prophets, antichrists, recreating body parts and false revivals in the sand under antichrist spirit, lying signs and wonders told to you in the book of Revelation anything to get you off the mountain why because the mountain takes the second heavens the promised land and if you take the second heavens there's no more fallen angels all one-third are gone from this world for eternity how desperate do you think these demons are i don't think you even have a grid they will literally do anything to deceive you to keep you in the earth okay so here's how you're gonna make it just be totally whacked on the cross and keep your eyes fixed on an upward heavenly calling and don't go down for nothing into lesser fires and lesser glories, lesser food. Don't eat the junk food that you, you used to eat when you were in the assemblies of God. <laughs> you know, truth in you. Don't eat the lower food that you first ate after you're born again that was mixed with religion, that had a cap on God, that limit, limited the divine nature. Keep going higher, 
eating better angelic food until you can eat the same food as the archangels. Men ate the bread of angels. Are you eating the bread of angels? Only if you're in the second heavens where two-thirds are stationed at their celestial posts. If you ain't up, raised that high into the blood moon, the moon turned to blood, and they'll be clothed in the sun, Revelation 12, 1, and the archangels standing on the sun with the rainbow crown. This is an ability, guys. Why is it written? Because you're supposed to go there. Psalms 19, Jesus Christ said, the wise would go into the bridegroom's chambers. Why isn't this stuff taught? The only mention of bridegroom's chambers previous to that is Psalms 19, speaking of the sun, S-U-N. Now, sun wisdom was first family wisdom. Jews had sun wisdom. Read Malachi. Read the Old Testament. Read the New Testament. Jesus Christ said, and the sons of God will shine forth as the sun, S-U-N, in the kingdom of their father, which means we're going to have star wisdom. And it's not going to be witchcraft like the paranoid schizophrenics that need to take their psychotropics down here. Because those people are whack jobs. Fearful of everything except God and greater wisdom. Just burn them up. Just keep blazing a trail. And the doubters and the haters and the persecutors and the misunderstanders, they get burnt up all around you guys. The pioneers are not afraid to be misunderstood by people less on fire. You're going after higher promises People down in the terrestrial realm will have no grid for this level of wisdom when you go up. When the Holy Ghost raises you from the dead into the wisdom of the first family, the great wisdom that's required to remove the curse of the fall is a direct reference to the wisdom of Kenan. Okay? Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch. The first seven from Adam. That's called the first family, the first fathers, who all practiced great righteousness and great wisdom. And we have some of their books, which means if you can get to that level of angelic intelligence, whoo, you're a friend of the bridegroom. You're really after sonship now. You read Enoch. I mean, Enoch was trained and had all the traditions of the wisdom of Adam, who is the son of God. Okay, Luke says Adam was the son of God, which means walked with God in absolute perfection in the Garden of Eden. When he fell, he did take all of that wisdom. The archangels did help him with, with knowledge and with wisdom, with books, with scrolls. And it was passed down through the holy family. Okay, there was righteousness and holiness beyond anything Christians nowadays can imagine in that first family. It's true. We give them a hard time like, oh, they ate an apple and they cursed the world. Man, I just wish the Christians would walk in one-tenth of what Adam walked in. One-tenth of what Jared and Kenan and Enosh and Mahalalel. These men are freaking champions. It is their level of wisdom that caused them to live 900 years, like all of them, 960. There is so little death, so little sin in them, They'd almost all live a thousand years if you read the Bible. And it's absolutely true. And it was because of their great wisdom. Enoch said in his great wisdom of his great book that those who walk in the sun shall never die. So it's only in the great wisdom of the luminaries that you begin to have the ability to take out what's up there. 
heavenly places. So this is our Canaan, guys, and it's full of Canaanites. And we've been so immature in Christ that we've been like grasshoppers on earth to the size of some of these fallen angels or the size of planetary systems in the second heavens. So yeah, you are grasshoppers, and if you go up there as infants, I mean, you'll die in a car accident that day. I mean, people die constantly. I mean, just look at any newspaper. They're dying everywhere. There's death everywhere. There's tens of thousands dying. There's thousands dying all over America today, right now, okay? So death is done angelically. Now you go up into these places and deal with these angels of death, you'll realize what they're using to kill people down here is the abilities of the sun, moon, and stars in the hands of sorcerers and fallen angels. And it is deadly. I mean, you're not playing with sticks and stones anymore. You're playing with life and death every day on the front lines. And if you're fake, you will definitely die. You'll get taken out and God will often be merciful and just remove you before you're taken out because you're just not mature enough for the heights of the things you're trying to challenge in your immaturity. You can't pick a fight with something you can't take out. Your faith is only as big as the enemy level that you're able to take out. Temptation cannot seize you. It is written, unless you go and pick a fight with something stronger than you, then it seizes you. But God didn't do that. You did that in your strange fire and zeal. And that's oftentimes why Christians get sick and die or have terrible problems because they're picking fights with stuff that they can't win against because they're just total babies in Christ. And they're listening to the champions in Jerusalem about all the war stories. And they want to be, be a big boy too and wear big boy pants and be a big hero. But they haven't even eaten their meal, haven't been to boot camp. They haven't even learn how to submit to a drill sergeant and they're just total rebellious idiots and so the first time they hear about something big they buy a one-way ticket to Yemen and get mowed down with an 8k 47 like an idiot and be a false martyr well that happens all the time strange fire people think they're martyrs a lot of them aren't martyrs you're only a martyr if you go from glory to glory in the obedience of the of the mission that God gave you Most people are not even God inside minded. You can't even be a martyr unless you know how to develop the human spirit by eating the bread of heaven. So bewitchment doesn't get any rewards, even though it's full of strange fire and zeal and good intentions. Truth and yeah, we need to get totally revelatory. We need to be like good soldiers, understanding our rank and not being at strife towards others about it, but just enjoying being in the armies of the living God and marching with the holy angels right where we're at. And if we stay under authority and obedient to our assignments, we get promoted from glory to glory. Each degree of glory is a rank for a soldier in actual regalia promotion. You get another little badge on your breastplate. You get another jot and tittle over the banners over your head. You get another etch in your sword. And it shows, and every angel and demon can see that. That's why some demons are scared of some Christians and other demons. They just literally piss on their heads. They defecate on false Christians' brains. You know that? True as any, I'll read the final quest. That's what it says. They thought the urine on them was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you're in the sand, you think demonic urine is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is written. Truth anyhow. So we got to change the P for he. Well, that went over well.
<laughs> it's the truth, anyhow. <laughs> well, and you know, maturing is fine because we pee ourselves when we're infants in Christ. I remember waking up when I was going through deliverance and teen challenge, and I had peed my bed. I was so demon-possessed, they'd have staff members waiting outside my door when I go to sleep just to hold me down at night, and I wouldn't remember any of it the next day for six months of deliverance like that. It was wild, man. But I peed, I peed all over the place. I pooped all over the place. I'm an 18-year-old acting like a three-year-old because I was just so demon-possessed and stupid. Well, I got cleaned out and acknowledged what a baby I was and how wrong and dumb I was about everything in my previous life. Problem is, all humanity is just as dumb. And people are in total denial. They're like, that's an extreme case. No, it's just normal humanity is completely manure and piss all the time. Paul says the same thing. I count my former life as a Pharisee, perfect according to the law, as a pile of manure. Greek word, it's a slang word there. If you studied out in Greek, it's the slang word for manure. He literally says shit. We have yet to see a translator not be a religious Pharisee translate that word correctly when Paul's given his testimony. He uses the slang word. There's several other words you can use for poo. You could say doo-doo. You could make it rated G. Paul swore in the Bible and actually used the slang street word for manure. He said shit. Shit's in the Bible, so deal with it. That'll drive a religious spirit out of someone. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Burn up the manure pile. Thank you, Father, for setting us free into a greater glory. Thank you for mighty soldiers who love their assignments. Can you imagine armies marching under assignment, under angelic authority, in the oneness of God the Father, understanding the mission on hand, and with no strife amongst each other, just perfect comradeship? That's where the vanguard of the armies of the living God are going. And you can feel it in this place. We're tasting that here tonight. That's why the cherubim of lightning, there's archangel cherubim in this place tonight. The angelic armies are so excited to see Christians maturing this high on the mountain. You know, you've, we've never had this many go this high, ever before. It's not, not maintaining it. People go raptured, but we have come to a place where there is a group, a remnant, that is learning how to maintain elevations. In the spirit, in the angelic, in the resurrection of your spirit and your soul, whoo, people are going up into the moon and into the sun. And they're going to stand on the sun with that great angel in the book of Revelation that's an archangel of the sun. All of the planetary spheres where there are principalities, there are also assigned holy archangels. A holy archangel will take over as you rise in sapphire stones. As you rise, he will write his word upon stone tablets, it is written. He doesn't just write it on water. He doesn't write it on the river. I didn't know that for 10 years. I thought he wrote it on the river. He's like, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Father corrected me as I just continued to grow. I don't write the word on the water. I write the word on stone tablets. I said, I don't have any stone tablets. I'm just a river temple. He said, that's because the moon and the sun and the planetary spheres are meant in original design to be the stone tablets to write the word of God upon. That's why the principalities are on there. That's why you have Pluto TV. That's why you have Sun Magazine, England. That's why you have First Star Bank. The warlocks understand all these things and we forfeit all the second heavens to the rich and the powerful and we wonder why the Christians are like, the poor 
and the lower class because we haven't taken the second heaven yet. We change that. It's gonna be dread champions that take back these stone tablets from the wicked into righteousness and practice the sapphire stones and have the gospel written on the sun in our heart and have the gospel written on the moon in our belly and have the gospel written on Gavura on our left shoulder and Hesed on our right shoulder. What's that? Mars and Jupiter. And it's real. And it's absolutely true. The ephod of the Old Testament represented the planetary spheres, angelic spheres. If you study the Bible, it's New Testament doctrine as well. It's not just the mystics of the old or the questionable things that some crazy mystics call scripture. It's in the Bible. It's there, guys. The promised land is mapped out. The resurrection's mapped out. It's held open before us in this generation, and we're not forfeiting it to another generation. We're not going to have another generation die in the sand. We're taking the sapphire stones. We're taking the sephirot. That's what the high priests call it. It's not new age. It's not sorcery. It's not witchcraft. It's God's creation. It's day four of Genesis 1. God created the stars and their angels. And what, did it, what does the Bible say? And he said it was good. He said it was good. What happened? Adam and Eve fell and they gave all of their dominion, all of their abilities, all of their celestial ephod, all of the primordial law. They gave the very Hebrew words that created the moon, the very Hebrew words that created the sun. Jesus Christ made the moon, made the sun, made Mercury, made Venus, made Jupiter, made Mars, made Neptune, made Saturn, made Pluto, made Uranus, made the dwarf planets, and all their moons. Jesus did that. He did that because there's cosmic dormant ability for the overcomers written by the word that created them. Bob Jones used to say, if there's any planet, moon or star, that's obedient to its orbit, that's obedient to its orbit, then it's still in right standing with God and there's still a holy angel assigned to it. One third left their orbit. The stars that the dragon's tail swept. One third of the planets, one third of the stars, one third of the moons. Okay, but the ones that are obedient, our solar system has obedient planets and stars. Our solar system has obedient moons that obey orbit. I tell you now, you're a cosmic body and it ain't new age. Christians, we have the creator of sun, moon, and stars in us. Problem is, is the devil been lying to us and beating us on the head with a religious stick for so many hundreds and thousands of years, we forgot that God created the heavens with his word. Now we're remembering, and now we're rising, and the angels are excited to give us these spheres. So instead of principalities on Saturn, you have archangels on Saturn. Instead of principalities on Keter, Uranus, you have archangels on Keter. Keter, the name that created Uranus, means crown. It's the crown of the sapphire stones. Truth anyhow. And all the sapphire stones will be fit into your celestial bodies. The Bible says the promised land is wearing celestial garments. And as you rise from the dead by the spirit of holiness, who can ascend into the sephirot? He who has clean hands and a pure heart with no religious idolatry. Obviously, as soon as you start going up, the religious idolatry just starts manifesting. 
I mean, we've lost a lot of people the last six months for various reasons. A lot of people actually lately trying to come back. A lot of people that betrayed me, that have horribly written out horrible lies against me and some of the most slanderous attacks ever mentioned. Now, I'm talking like 25%. This is how powerful the Sapphire Stones are. Some of you are watching right now because you knew you were wrong obeying demons and that's why you came back. Now, rise where you're at, get sanctified where you're at. You be forgiven by God. I already forgive all of you the moment you betray me. Otherwise, your sin remains in me. The thing is, is now you need to get washed by learning obedience as you rise from the dead. You don't need to be a Facebook friend. You need to be a friend to the prophetic word right where you're at and get cleaned up. You don't need any more of that false love stuff. People say, I just need someone to help me, help me, help me. You have a feast prepared before you to help yourself to as much of the word as you want to give up your human nature every day. You're without excuse. Now it's time to clean up and go up and start to wear the Sephirotic tree inside and outside and have the angels around you instead of the demons around you. Learn radical obedience, radical holiness, radical wisdom, greater wisdom, greater fire, driving out humanity, maranathing divinity. Amen. Going from glory to glory in every area of spirit, soul, and flesh every single season. What's the standard? The Bible tells you the standard of the tree of life is a thousandfold increase of fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit in your temple monthly. That's what the Bible says, that the tree of life can bear forth a thousand fruit in your celestial realm and your terrestrial realm monthly, in your spiritual world and in your natural world monthly. It says on both sides of the river, which is above and below. So you're going to need it in your celestial realm, your spiritual realm above, thousandfold increase, and then automatically by the increase of the new heavens in your celestial realm through your diaphragm, there will be a new earth made constantly. As above, so below, it is written. Amen. So now as overcomers of the below, you're beginning to learn the above, which is called the great wisdom. And the great wisdom gets the great signs and wonders. And only in that dimension are the seals broken and you become the seven lightnings and the seven thunders of God, which are the sons of God. True sons of thunder. You haven't had them yet. You've had people that have heard about it and, you know, it's not even such a bad thing to spur people's interests because that's cool. You know, like provoke people to jealousy that there's so much more. I'm, there's no envy or strife with any other ministry. It's cool that people talk about mature things, but I'm telling you, no one's really walked in it yet. This is the way, walk in it, Isaiah said. This is how you become real ephod high priests of the celestial realm in the fulfillment of Moses and the Lamb without any weirdness, rock solid, biblical celestial promised land realities. And it'll get real for you. And you'll feel the changes in you as you rise up. The sun has the healing in its beams. S-O-N. No. S-O-N and S-U-N. Truth anyhow. When you're technon, it's just give me the spirit, but I don't need anything else. Technon. Bible says it's just a deposit, a 1% down payment of future salvation. First fruit is only 1%. It is written. So now we got the spirit. Now what? The spirit leads us into all truth. Well, I think there's a lot of truth in the word that the wisdom of the first family had that wrote Enoch and Jared and Jasher and Jubilees and Kenan and the days of Noah. Amen. And Noah discipling 
his son Shem, and Shem and Noah discipling Abraham, and Abraham discipling Isaac, and Isaac discipling Jacob and Israel, and the twelve patriarchs are the twelve tribes of the names of the overcomers that's mixed with the twelve names of the apostles of the Lamb. Amen. So, what does it take to possess the new heavens where righteousness dwells? And to heal the luminaries as Enoch prophesied 5,000 years ago. What does it take? It'll take the wisdom of the 12 apostles of the Lamb plus the wisdom of the 12 tribes of Israel, both written in the book of Revelation. 12 plus 12 is what? 24 elders. Is it 24 only? No, it's the standard of eldership of those that are true elders in the entire body of Christ of all the world. And without it, you're not a real elder. You're not really mature. You're still terrestrial. You're still technon. You're still an infant in Christ, even if you're 90 and you read your Bible eight hours a day because it's about elevations of dimension to dimension, glory to glory. How high did you rise in the mountain? Some of these teenagers can be higher than the ones in their 80s within the first couple months as Christians. Why? Because they're hungry for righteousness. Therefore, they shall be filled. How much filling? As much as the teachers can teach. So we need higher, greater teaching of wisdom that's totally rock solid new Torah of the Lamb of God and old Torah of Moses of God. Why? Because the Bible says that Moses and the Lamb are playing their harps on Mount Zion, which means you're going to have the full understanding of the Torah of Rabboni Yeshua, who is called the Rabboni in Scripture, and Rabboni Moses of Torah, where you get Judaism but not the one Moses walked in. The ones they walk in today is nothing like Moses, y'all. We're going to have real Moses. Moses is in Zion now. Moses is your brother, your ally. You, you really want Moses on your side. He's one of the most powerful men who's ever walked the earth. And Enoch is the most Jesus Christ-like man who's ever been born. Truth in you. Other than Jesus, Enoch is the second most perfect man like Jesus that's ever walked the earth. So these are your tutors and your instructors in their books. Torah of Moses, Enoch of Enoch. Amen? And in order to understand it, you do need to get into the Lamb first. That's why, read the Gospel of John first. Then get into the Paul, Paul and Peter and James and John. And then you'll have enough, enough foundation, God inside-mindedness, to go into the Scriptures Peter says, and learn wisdom, which is the Old Testament that Peter called the Scriptures, to learn great wisdom. Oh, hallelujah. Then you begin to have the wisdom of the ages. Amen. And the wisdom of the ages is a requirement for everyone to rise from the dead. You're going to have to have the wisdom of every age. Why? Because you got every age in those bodies right now. Because your genetics go back as far as Adam. So you already got the ages in you. So to clean it all up, it requires wisdom killing beasts, preparing feasts, drinking wine, and eating the table of strong meat for the mature. Proverbs 9.1. Amen. And wisdom building her seven pillars of what? A new spirit in you. I will give you a new heart, which is the new creature in Christ. And if you keep feeding it, it begins to drive out the old creature. And it's ugly, and you just get humble about it. You just be vulnerable about it it's an ugly old nature you know and i'm just you need to go to the word and read you need to 
be God inside minded and deal with some hooks that are in your heart, hooks that are in your spirit, some iniquity, some transgression, anything that's revealed to your mind. The Holy Spirit and the angels are working on you. Angels are sent to you to help you inherit salvation every single day. They want you to inherit more. Glory to glory is a daily thing. His mercies are new every morning. It is written. Amen. I'm going to close with just this scripture, right? Enoch chapter 71, verse 1. And it came to pass after this that my spirit was hidden, and it ascended into the heavens. There I saw the sons of the angels stepping on a flame of fire. Their clothes were white, and also their garments, and the light of their faces was like crystal. See? No pride and no lust in your face. Your face goes crystal. Oh, it's a good feeling. And I saw two rivers of fire, and the light of that fire flamed like hyacinth. And I fell on my face before the Lord of spirits and archangel Michael from among the chiefs of the angels took me by the right hand and lifted me up and led me out to all the secrets of grace and the secrets of righteousness. Amen. <laughs> Glory. You'd like to give a sacrificial offering to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? You can click the links in the description. Father, bless every giver. In the measure they give, let it be loosed unto them from the storehouse of the treasuries of wealth in the heavens. The ability to create wealth come from the storehouses of the windows of heaven into all our financial partners those who give offerings, and especially, Lord, to our tithers. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory. It's like 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold financial benefits.
Show. Sure. 